some of you will know um, that, uh, you know, some of you will know Steve's story. He shared his story here some time ago, and we are talking about what should we share today, and Steve said, I think it'd be really good for people to get to know you a little bit and hear your story. So please indulge me. Uh, it was my husband's suggestion, not mine, to share my story. Um, it was uh, on the, can I have my, yeah, a journey into more. Um, on the 6th of December, as a family, we had the joy and delight to welcome a new grandchild into our family, Maya Joy. Isn't she gorgeous? Yes, isn't she beautiful? She's over here. And, uh, you know, when you, when you, and I noticed it's kind of like grandparents' day today. Everywhere I looked, there was a grandparent holding a grandchild. I thought, oh, you know, it's the theme of the day. But it's amazing for me, you know, that sort of sense of, you kind of remember your own children, you kind of go back and you reflect and you kind of remember, ah, oh, you know, it's, and it's, you know, Maya does something and go, oh, your father did that, you know, kind of thing. And you have that sort of sense of you reflect back, and I think I've got a photograph of, of her father. Oh, he was once that little, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Very cute. Um, and, you know, with the, the baptism service, I don't know about you, but, you know, there is that, as Steve and I were talking during the week, you kind of reminisce a little bit on your own journey and your own baptism. And I was, uh, when Steve got in the water there and he said, oh, it's a little cold, I thought, oh, I was remembering a baptism service in the Black Sea at Bulgaria. Yep, and my husband was in the water. And it was, I don't know, what time of year, May or something? Yeah, May, April. It was freezing cold. It was, you know, it's the Black Sea. I mean, this was not warm. And, uh, you know, normally we sort of, you know, after someone's been baptised, you pray to us, no, there's no way we're praying in that water. We're out of there. So, you know, you kind of remember these kind of things that have taken place. And so, you know, I think it's for me... That's what I want to do is I want to remember that story of how I came to my baptism. So I want to tell you a little bit about my family. Um, I grew up as the youngest of four. So you'll have a really cute little photo come up there. I'm the cute one at the end. I like cute. Uh, I was the good child. Um, We were a Catholic family. I grew up in a Catholic family. We were a very devout Catholic family. We went to Mass every Sunday and every Holy Day. We observed everything. Well, my parents kind of forced us to observe everything that uh, went on. My my dad was a lay minister in the Catholic Church, and he was a man who I think generally loved, loved God with all his heart. He loved people. He loved to serve people and help people. My mum, on the other hand, was probably the opposite side of the coin, and she was um, very strong, uh, very stubborn, argumentative, um, outspoken, and my husband still hasn't decided who I take after in uh, one of those two. Um, I went from a Catholic primary school to a Catholic high school into doing nursing in a Catholic hospital. So my whole world was enmeshed in the Catholic faith and in the Catholic church, And uh, I remember going on some school camps and uh, school retreats that we had in high school. And I remember one in particular in year 12, and we were sat in this large circle, I don't know how many students in our class, maybe 30, 40. And, you know, we had a prayer time and I was the only student that prayed. So for me, there there was a genuineness that God was real and that I could pray and relate to God. I certainly had that sort of sense and remember that growing up. Um, When I turned 17, literally on my birthday, I started nursing training in the Catholic hospital. And, uh, yeah, that's my graduation photo. I had the wings, you know. Did anyone else? Did anyone else? Helen, did you wear the wings? 
Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, I see that hand, yeah. We, that was only for the graduation, mind you. We didn't wear them any other time. So when I was 17, I started uh, my nurse's training. And uh, you had to go through this kind of intense training to start with before they would allow you to even touch a patient. And um, I was on the wards by this stage doing my shift work starting at 6am, ungodly hour. And uh, this morning I was downstairs being as organised as I am, probably at you know, 10 minutes to 6, ironing my uniform to put it on, to rush out the door. And I heard my mother scream upstairs. And I kind of responded with, you know, in, in a, a yell as loud as hers, and then she screamed again. And I knew something was wrong, and I ran upstairs and into her bedroom. And my father had passed away in the night, and he was 49 years old. He'd had a heart attack in the night, and it was the only night my mother had never shared a bed with him in their marriage, if they were in the same house. And she was, as you can imagine, it was a devastating, life-changing moment. I loved my dad. I loved my dad. I was very close to my dad. I felt very connected with him. My mother, on the other hand, I felt was hard work to love. And I'm sure we've all got those experiences with, you know, there's one you kind of feel much more closer to and, you know, all those kind of things. And as you can imagine, what a transformation took place at that event. Our worlds changed. And I remember that night I, I shared the, the... I went and slept with my sister. I didn't want to be alone. I couldn't cope with that. And I remember lying in bed, hugging her, and we were crying, and, and just we just going, I don't get it, I don't understand, I don't understand why, as you do. And I remember subconsciously thinking, God, if you're real, why did you kill my father? And that's a question I asked over and over again for many, many years. And I think at that point, I disconnected from my faith, my innocent, childlike faith that I had grown up surrounded and immersed in, it kind of died that day. It kind of went, it couldn't do anything. I remember I had friends come over and to support me and, and, and comfort me, but God was a long way away. I couldn't connect with him. I couldn't feel anything from him. We went to, you know, obviously mass and services and we had this and we had that, but nothing, there was just no connection and so nursing was a good excuse, being shift work. Well, I can't get to mass on a Sunday or I've got, I've got to work. And so it was a good excuse to just pull away from my faith. And so for the next three years, I lived life and, you know, the restraints were off and all of those kind of things until I graduated and I decided I wanted to move out of home at the, at the old age of 20. I thought it was time to spread my wings. Gosh, it seems so young now. And... Uh, I uh, applied for a flat next door to a girl, to a really close friend of mine. Her, she had been living in this flat and she was moving next door, which was a larger three-bedroom flat. And so I said, oh, well, I'll apply for yours. I didn't have anyone to flat with. Um, and the, the landlady said, well, look, there's another girl who'd like to live in this flat. Why don't you two share together? And I, I'm an, I know I'm an introvert. And I went, oh, that's a bit scary, stranger. But I thought, well, you know what? I'll give it a trial. Three months doesn't work out, she can move out, I'll be fine. Um, and so, <laughs> loving, generous, kind person that I am. Um, anyway, so um, Jo moved in and as she was unpacking all of her, her bits and pieces, she pulled out what I call a God poster. And it was, you know, this kind of poster, cutesy poster with a God thing in it. And I looked at her and I must have had a really weird expression on my face because she said, uh, I'm a Christian. And I went, well, I'm a Catholic. 
you know, and to me it was kind of like, these are two different worlds, you know, this is Venus and Mars, you know, we are two different species, you're a Christian, I'm a Catholic, I don't know what that meant. I had no idea what that meant at all. But I watched her life and I just, something just kept niggling at me. And after a while, I, uh, I said to her, I said, hey, Joe, there's something about your life that's different. What is it? Because I want what you have. She had a peace. She had a purpose. She kind of had a confidence about herself and about life that I didn't have. I'd finished my nurse's training and I was going, what's next? You know, it's kind of like I've achieved this. You know, what, what, do, I, what do I do with my, what? You know, it's like, what's my life for? What's my purpose in life? And she turned around to me and she said, Louise, it's Jesus. And, of course, you can imagine I laughed and I went, no, Joe, come on, be real. I've known Jesus all my life. I grew up with Jesus. I know all about Jesus, but I don't have what you have. And she said, no, Louise, it is Jesus. It is Jesus that makes me who I am. And she challenged me. And so I decided to go back to that which I knew. And I went back to the Catholic Church. And I remember one Sunday, um, I went to the, the, the church that's around the corner. I went into Mass and my mum was in that church. Now, mum didn't normally go to that one. She went to one that was closer to her house. And I walked in, I sat beside my mother and she nearly fell off the pew. She was like, what are you doing here? And I'm going, hello, I'm in Mass. You should be excited. But no, she was like more shocked than anything. And uh, we had a, a, a group of nuns that had... Actually, I don't know what it was, but it was something that was kind of near uh, the church around the corner. And I went and I made an appointment and I went in and saw the nuns. And I said, there's something more. I, I know there's something more. And I want that more. I want, I know, I've got this person that I know and she's got more of God than I've got and I want it. And the nuns were like literally patting me on the back going, there, there, dear, you're all right. You're all right. And I was frustrated and I tried everything um, that I could think of within my knowledge and my realm of understanding in the Catholic faith, but I still felt empty, disconnected, and dis, you, know, you know, that disenchantment with faith. It just wasn't working. And I, I, I plucked up the courage, trust me. It was, it, it's huge for me. Um, for anyone who's grown up in the Catholic faith or perhaps in any kind of um, thing that's very um, legalistic, um, to actually say to Joanne, I'd like to come to your church was a big thing. And again, she was very shocked. She said, Louise, you're not going to believe this, but I felt last Sunday I should have invited you to church with me, and I'm so sorry I didn't. You know, and I, and I, so I encourage you, if you feel a prompting to invite someone to church, even if they are argumentative about faith, you know, even if they seem a long way away, don't miss that prompting. Because, you know, she really, and I think she was very grateful that I took the courage. And I went to her church, and it was a little uniting church, and I mean little. And, you know, it had a, a daggy organ and uh, all those kind of things. And uh, I went there, and I'd grown up with that, if you go into another church, God is going to, you know, you know, the things you grow up, you know, you know, that kind of thing. That, that you know, and it's, nobody says it, but you kind of feel it. And I went to this church, you know, and I swear I was shaking, my palms were sweating, I just didn't know what was going to happen. But in this little uniting church and in this service, for the first time, I looked around and everybody wanted to be there. 
everyone was there and they were engaged. They weren't just parroting a prayer. They weren't just, you know, yawning and looking out the window and waiting for a service to be over. But they were there because they wanted to be there. And they sang with all their heart. And I was just like mesmerised. And when they prayed, it's like they meant it. And I was just like, couldn't believe this church experience that I had never seen before because that's not what I'd grown up with. And so... I decided to obviously continue that journey of faith and and ask questions and and search out what what is this thing? What is this difference between this faith, this little uniting church faith and what I grew up with? And Joanne talked about, and as Andrew shared so well today, about Jesus coming and living inside of us, God being near. That the thing, and I know it sounds silly perhaps to most of us now, but at that time, Jesus is your friend. I had never known God to be my friend. That wasn't part of the theology I grew up with. And Joanne began to explain that God wants to be our friend and he wants to be near and he wants to be with us. At that time, I had a girlfriend who was diagnosed with a brain tumour, one of the girls that I graduated nursing with. And I remember going to Joanne and go, you know, what, what do I do? What do I do? I felt so helpless. And she said, well, if that was my friend... I would pray. I went, oh, can you pray about things like this? She said, of course you can. God wants to help. God wants to heal. She said, actually, I I would fast and pray. Well, that was it. That was like, whoa, what the heck are you talking about? But, you know, I remember um, seeing Karen post-operatively. She came to my 21st. And I just went, I remember praying for her for healing, that God would bring her through. And to see her sitting there, for, for someone who's on this journey of more, of, of getting closer to God, it was a fantastic experience. Another incredible thing that happened at this time was uh, I had a, a boyfriend when I was 15 or 16, and he had, uh, after we had uh, broken up, he had stalked me uh, for about two years, uh, and not, not nicely. Uh, you know, he was, he was not good. Um, and so whenever I saw him or talked about him, there was a lot of anger and a lot of hurt and, you know, a lot of angst that came up, as you can imagine. So I am in my flat one day in this journey of, of discovering more about God and God coming closer and starting to go to this little uniting church and ask questions and, and trying to figure it all out. And uh, there was a knock at the door and I'd been doing night shifts, so it was, you know, the middle of the day and I, I remember yelling out and saying... Uh, who is it? And uh, he said, it's Mark. And, you know, normally uh, I would probably have some expletives that would have come out of my mouth in response to hearing his voice or his name. And I said, I won't be a minute. I'll come and let you in. And the words were out of my mouth and there was no angst and there was no fear and there was no anger or resentment. I went, something's changed. I didn't pray about that. I didn't ask God about that, but I knew that I knew that I knew something was different in my world. God had taken over my life and something had changed. I had a connection with God. And we, uh, I actually had the pleasure of, of telling Mark about Jesus and leading him into a faith journey as well, which was an incredible experience. I was uh, water baptised on the 7th of January, 1987. I know the day because it was my birthday, and that's my girlfriend Joanne who led me into faith. 
She now lives in America. Oh, actually, she was here. She did her, some workshops with us um, last year. And, uh, you know, I took me a couple of years before I took the step of water baptism because I knew my mother wouldn't understand. You know, you were baptised as a child. But I, in growing in my understanding, I knew I had to make a public declaration of my own faith journey and what I believed and why I believed it. But I would say that it took place in London when my mother was in Australia. Just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I am so very grateful for my Catholic upbringing. It was a wonderful foundation. We had a fantastic family, um, you know, and I really am very appreciative of all of those things that were in my life. But the problem I had was that God was a long way away and I was unable to connect with him. I wanted God closer. I wanted more. And the great thing that Joanne was able to do for me was lead me in an understanding of how to get that more. And I am very grateful for the more. I'm so grateful for my Catholic faith, but I'm even more grateful for the more that Joanne was able to lead me into. And I was thinking about a scripture that... uh, really touches me and speaks to me. I remember when I was uh, doing some um, theology study, we had to say what was our favourite scripture. And what I'm going to share with you is my favourite scripture, but I have to try and figure out what, why. That was part of what I wanted. Why is this your favourite scripture? And I realised a little bit more of the why today as I was preparing for this. So this is an exodus, and Moses is leading his people. In Exodus 33... He says to God, please show me your glory. You're asking me to do all of these things. You're asking me to lead these people. You're asking these things of me, but I need to to know more of you. I need to understand more of who you are. I need the more. And that's why I love this scripture, because it's Moses' cry for the more, just like my cry for the more that I had when I was 20, when I came into faith. And so I'm going to read to you, and it's when God hides Moses. He says, you can't see my face, but he hides him in the cleft of a rock, and then he passes by him. But as he passes by, God declares who he is. God declares his glory. His glory is his name. He's declaring his nature and his character. That's his glory. That's part of his glory. And so this is what God says about himself. And if you just move that on, thanks. It says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a good and gracious God. Whoop, I missed God there. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That was the more for Moses. That was God's glory. This is, this is who God is. He's a merciful and gracious God. He is slow to anger. And he's abounding in steadfast love. And this scripture to me was the more that I came into. This is the God I discovered and am continuing to discover more of in my journey. My journey has always been started with more and I pray it always continues into more. And I hope that for you, that you too will choose to ask God for more, like Moses did. God, let me see more of your glory, more understanding of who you are, more knowledge and, and, and even, what's the word, um, experience 
of your presence and of your closeness.